WAHTV is created for adult audiences only. Our show contains adult content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Witchcraft After Hitting the Block. Some of our audience members may already know, but for those who don't, Witchcraft After Hitting the Blunt is a spiritual community on Facebook where people of all walks and of all beliefs are welcome to share and learn. We are a safe space for POC and LGBTQ plus folk, and as the name implies, After hitting the blunts, I am your host D, joined by your host Lindy. Hi. Your host Clara. Good morning. <laughs> Clara was taking a toke, so she was a little behind on saying hi. And we have an extra super duper special guest today, Clara's mom. Hello, hey, my mom. <laughs> Hey. And I'm so sorry, Claire. Actually, I don't think you told us your mom's name. What was your name? Her name is Penny. <laughs> Penny. Yeah. Oh, I love that name. So nice to meet you, Penny. My mom has an awesome name. Her name is Penny Fay. <gasps> oh, that, that is an is awesome a name. Gorgeous name. I love that. That's a total witchy name, too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should totally start getting into like spell work and witchcraft <laughs> just because of your name. <laughs> Well, so I wanted to have you join us because you and dad have the same birthday and that's kind of unusual. And Dee is like an expert at astrology and reading charts. And so well, I wouldn't um, say I'm an, I'm an expert. <laughs> you, you're, you're pretty well an expert, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> A professional. I, uh, yeah. I am an astrologer with lots of enthusiasm for constantly learning astrology. How about that? Yeah, so I just thought it'd be fun since you guys were born, you know, at the same time or whatever, same day to see how different your charts are and what, you know, what you can learn about yourself from them. Yeah, and we're also in Taurus season, so we're doing Taurian episodes and you guys are Taurians. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done anything like this before, like astrology or witchcraft or tarot readings, palm readings? Anything None. Like that? She won't None. let me read her cards. She's scared of afraid of them oh yeah. no why are you afraid I don't know I just um I don't want to know I guess oh <laughs> that's okay I totally get that um you should have Clara ease you into it because I used to be afraid of Ouija boards like for me I was like that's terrifying I don't want to go near one I don't want to touch one and then we did a Halloween episode and Clara was like 
No, Ouija boards are nice. They're so fun. <laughs> They're so good. They're calm and easy to do and safe. Yeah, they're only scared of them because of the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> so um, mom and dad are Christian, so I don't expect her to get into any of our witchy stuff, but she likes crystals and she loves, she's a plant witch, whether she knows it or not. Oh, <laughs> that's where you get it from then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So in that case, just so you know, one thing that I love about astrology is that it's non-denominational. Um, there are Buddhist astrologers, there are Christian astrologers, there are Jewish astrologers, there are atheist astrologers. It does not require belief in a higher power. It doesn't abide by any kind of doctrine or religion. The idea yeah. behind it is that it's just an energy study. Um, and what I like to tell people is that even if you don't believe in like the signs and the energy aspect behind it, uh, doing personal transits in astrology, which is following the current sky and how it interacts with your birth chart is really just an elaborate calendar for managing your life. Um, it's kind of, a, an objective, um, Sabs puts it as a third person kind of perspective on various aspects of life, challenges, experiences, and trying new things, stuff like that. So, uh, don't, I, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. Like we're doing some weird satanic stuff. So I just wanted to let you know <laughs> no, that. <laughs> I, not at all. I mean, I, I totally get it. I, I, I know there's a lot out there in the universe that I don't understand. And so I listened to the podcast you did for Pisces and oh. Aries both. And I found it very intriguing. So that's why I agreed to do this. Oh, that's oh, so rad. I yeah. love that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for, uh, for opening yourself up to this and for giving us yeah. a chance here. Yeah. Yeah. And astrology is kind of one of the older, oldest scientists, right? Cause like Plato used astrology and, mm -hmm. you know, other philosophers of old whose names I all know, but don't remember. <laughs> Ptolemy, um, all of them. The yeah. Chaldeans. They, all, Great guys. they all used astrology and that's, you know, so. It is, it's a, it's an ancient science. It's considered a pseudo science uh, because while it does use astronomy and mathematics and stuff like that, Again, like I was saying, it's an energy study and it's not really anything that's measurable. Mm -hmm. So like, there's no proof that any of this energy is actually here, but it, like you were saying, it's one of the oldest that humans have been using because- Well, I mean, look at the, the moon. Because it seems yeah. to check out. America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the moon controls the tides and our bodies are 80% water. Yeah, the moon reflects sunlight. And I mean, we yeah. wouldn't exist without the sun, <laughs> you know? Like it, it has an effect on us and- uh, if anything, it's fun and it doesn't hurt yeah, anybody. It's such good insight too. Mm -hmm. So, so we'll be going over your charts today as well as your husband's. What's your husband's name? Jim. He just walked in actually. Oh, oh. nice. Would Jim like to join us? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> He's over there. Hi, Jim. Oh. Nice to meet you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, both their sun signs are Taurian, and we talked about Taurians being very comfort. They're very, like, home. And definitely for me, that's true, because obviously both of my parents are. So it, for me, Taurian is a very comforting sign, um, but they're also very stubborn. That is also yeah. the, uh, that's a characteristic of Taurians. So what I always like to tell people um, is that Taurus is, imagine like a bull or a cow that is really strong and it works really hard, 
mm-hmm. but it also wants to go and lay down in the pasture. And if you try to shove it to get it to stand up and it doesn't want to, it will not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It wants to relax under the shade of a tree in a beautiful pasture after a long day of hard work. It's, uh, it's an earth sign too. So it's considered kind of one of the more grounded signs. It's not going to be aggressive like a fire sign like Aries or anything like that. Let's get started. You've got your sun over here, your sun in Taurus. So the sun is your, it's like your basic model. There's 12, right? And everyone's always like, oh, well, people say that I'm a Taurus and they say that this is my particular characteristic, but I'm nothing like that. That's because Taurus is just your base model. It's like Ford or Honda. (laughs) And then all of like the rest of the planets and all these little lines right here that are called angles. These are going to make up, you know, like you're a Ford, but you're a Ford Taurus or you're like a Honda, you're a Honda Civic. So it's like a Ford Taurus XLR or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. With, with leather interior. And yeah. The yeah. More, like, all wheel drive. <laughs> all wheel drive, hatchback, sedan. Like those are all going to be all of the other parts of your chart. So that's what I tell people. It's like, that's why you're not like another Taurus when you meet them. It's because all these other planets they sit in different signs and they sit in different houses and that's going to make up the rest of the car. And -hmm. also if you're born in different years, if a car is made in a different year, it's going to be vastly different, you know, than that exact same, you know, make and model and, you know, 20 years later. Yep. Dad's a car guy. He can understand that. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) He's listening over there. (laughs) Oh, sweet, sweet. We'll be going over his chart next. No. What did he say? He said, but the... He is and mine are the same. And I said, no, they're not. Yeah, no, they're different. not. Because yeah. you were born in different places at different times in different yep. years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to bring both of you and, and do both your charts was to see how different they really are and how, you know, yes, you are on the surface, you know, similar personalities, but there's a lot to both of you. And I just was curious after doing mine and Meg's, you know. So we've got your son in Taurus over here, uh, your basic model, your, I, your, your ID, your ego. And then next up, we have the moon, which is right over here. So the moon represents the emotions, the emotional self. Um, and it looks like your moon sits in the sign of Libra and it's cusp Scorpio. And so Libra is going to kind of cool down the emotions a little bit because Libra is an air sign and that's what it does like think of like the cool air that's like that like blows on people Um, and having it so close to Scorpio over here Scorpio is a real passionate sign so that makes for someone who is like emotionally like passionate Um, and it's a very deep feeling sign too so it's going to be someone who is like deeply emotionally involved with the people that they love um, and then next up, you're going to have over here, see this line that says ASC? This is your rising sign. So this is the sign that was rising on the eastern horizon at the time of your birth. So the rising sign is um, how you project yourself. It's how you carry yourself out in the world. I also tell people it's kind of like your alter ego. It's your superpower. So as we know, you're a son in Taurus, which is really hardworking, which is really dedicated. You, uh, you love delicious food, probably. You love being comfortable. You like having a comfortable home. 
you like relaxing and eating delicious food in your comfortable home, probably watching your favorite TV show or movie, <laughs> like that's kind yeah. of like the idea. <laughs> it's kind of the idea of what it would be. But then your alter ego, your like superpower, your your Superman or your Batman or your Catwoman is in the sign of Aries, which is very driven. It's also a very passionate sign. It's very exciting. Um, it's very fun loving. It's lots of uh, energy as well. So when you go out into the world, you are that very comfortable, you know, hardworking person, but you're also really exciting and you're a lot of fun and you're very fiery too. And you're very passionate and um, people, that's what you want people to see, you know, and like, that's kind of like the combo who you are. Um, and then next up we've got, oh, you've got Mercury um, and Taurus over here too. That's a really, that's a really nice placement. That's a very grounding placement for Mercury. Mercury represents the mind. Um, it's the first planet uh, in our long string of planets. And uh, it's kind of a, in a spiritual order of like mind, heart, and body, right? So it represents the mind and it represents everything that revolves around the mind. And that includes thinking as well as communication. Um, so having it in the sign of Taurus makes you someone who's a little bit more mentally grounded. Um, it could also add a little bit of extra stubbornness um, sometimes like if you have an idea or you have a solution to something and then someone else comes and they're just like, ah, oh, but I've got another solution. You might go like, mm, well, you know, I like my solution better. <laughs> like there might be a little bit of a tendency to do that, but that's okay though, because uh, it's not going to be like super, super hard uh, for other people to deal with. Because again, you also have your moon, which is the emotions in Libra. Libra is also a balancing sign too. It's the scales. So that means it's someone who's a little bit more emotionally balanced. So that means you might not be as aggressive with your stubbornness. You're someone who's a little bit more rational in terms of um, how you respond to challenges. If you had a moon sign in like Aries, and then you also had your Mercury in Taurus, if someone were to challenge something like a solution you might get more emotionally like ugh, upset about that, a little bit more heated. Um, but since your moon is in a little bit more of a calmer sign, it's not so bad. Um, and again, being in an earth sign, someone who is grounded mentally, uh, grounded with the way to communicate with people. And again, having this emotional balance over here too is really helpful in terms of communication. So next up, we've got oh. Venus. I'm sorry, you're just going really fast. I just wanted to ask. So what do you think about that so far, mom? Um, does that sound like you? Because it does to me. Does it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> I don't like having my plans changed. Ah. Right. <laughs> and and you're kind of, um, you're like a, when you're mad, you're like a background mad person. You don't want to be in, you don't get in people's face. You know, you don't like, um, at least, you know, not that I've seen dad may have a different experience being. <laughs> uh, that's also where synastry comes into place too. Like certain, you know, energy combinations between various people, you know, with you and your mom, the both of you might have a synastry where 
there's nothing that triggers like heavy duty anger inside of her, but maybe there is mm -hmm. with your dad, you know, or maybe there is with <laughs> someone else, you know, there's just like some really like challenging energy there where you're both just like ramming heads, you know, but so far what I'm seeing in this chart, I'm not seeing an aggressive person, even in other placements. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into those other placements in a minute. Um, so next up is uh, Venus over here. So we just did the mind, right? And so now we're doing the heart. So Venus is the planet that represents love and it's all love. It's not just romantic love. It's love for your friends. It's love for your children, love for your family, love for this planet, love for music, love for food, love for art. Um, it also represents like morals, values, stuff like that, because those are also things that we love, right? Um, that's why we, uh, we stand up for the people that we love. We stand up for the rights that we love, that we feel humanity should have. So that falls uh, under Venus and your Venus is in Gemini. Um, so Gemini is uh, an intelligent sign. It's also an air sign, just like Libra. So it makes for a much more um, emotionally intelligent person in terms of matters of, of the heart. So you're not someone who's gonna go, like before you and your husband got married, if you were out in the world, like dating and getting to know people, you were much more rational with that in terms of dating. You weren't someone who was like, oh, I love this guy. I'm going to go fuck him on the first date. Or excuse me, I'm sorry. We're going to go have sex on the first date. Like, you know, like not like a one night stand kind of a thing. You're going to be someone who's like rational in terms of your emotions with this person. You're going to be like, you know, like we get along in this way, but I kind of want to get to know him a little bit more, you know, that way. You're not going to be, you're not going to allow your passions to drive you. You are going to drive your passions. Um, it's usually an indication of someone who also loves learning too. Like you're someone who like likes to learn new things and uh, you're open to that as well. It's, a, it's an, uh, an intelligence placement for hmm. sure. Oh, this so you're saying that my mom's smart and she's not a whore. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. And uh, next up over here is Mars. So Mars is the planet of the body. Um, it's the planet of survival. And because of that, it's the planet of uh, fighting, warfare, combat, but also sex and procreation. Um, it's also, and because of that too, it's the planet of drive and ambition um, and like wanting to get shit done. It's a very, because of those things too, it's associated with, um, you know, like just like fighting and temperament and hostility and all of those, all those really fun things that everybody loves. <laughs> and yours is sitting in the sign of Aquarius. So Aquarius is also an air sign. So this is nice. So you've got your moon in the air sign, um, which is very emotionally like balanced. You've got your uh, Venus in an air sign, which is going to be, you know, uh, romantic intelligence and love intelligence and like being balanced in that way. And then having very fiery Mars also in an air sign really tones down the aggression of Mars. That's why I was saying, I was like, looking at your chart, you're not an aggressive person, like whatsoever. Um, it really brings it down. It makes it less of a hostile planet. And then being in the sign of Aquarius, Aquarius is known as like the quirky sign. 
It's known as like the funny sign, it's the oddball sign. It's also the humanitarian sign. It cares for a lot of people. So not only is your aggression like really like toned down, but having like driven, ambitious warrior um, Mars in Aquarius makes for someone who really cares about humanity, someone who wants to go out and help humanity, someone who's willing to fight for those who have less than them, those who are less fortunate than they are. Um, and that could be the environment, that could be animals, that could be other people. Um, it also makes for an interesting lover. <laughs> I, I don't know how comfortable you are talking about sex and stuff like that. Um, a lot of people associate Venus with being like the sex planet, right? Because it's associated with romantic love. And while romantic love does involve sex, because Mars is the planet of survival, that is actually the sex planet. Um, so you can tell a lot about how, uh, what kind of a lover a person is by looking at both of these, but you're probably someone um, who's interested in trying different things, experimenting a little bit in bed. Probably nothing like super extreme, there's other placements for that, but definitely someone who's open-minded um, in terms of lovemaking um, in this sign here. And you don't have to confirm that or not. <laughs> like you don't have to put your personal information out there if you don't want to. Um, but uh, <laughs> let's just say I'm not an aggressive person. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're definitely not. That's mm -hmm. uh, I'm not picking up on any of that in your chart so far. Um, and now next up, we've got Jupiter. Jupiter is a really fun planet. So this is the planet of, uh, I guess you could say like higher consciousness. This is going to be the planet of, um, uh, it's going to be the planet of growth, the planet of expansion. It's the planet of learning, higher philosophy. It's the planet of like justice, things like that. Um, yours is in Leo, and that's a really fun sign. So Leo is a fire sign. It's the lion. Leos are very fun loving. They're very open. They love lots of people. They're usually really good looking people. Leo is the sign of everybody needs to be happy. I want everyone to have a good time, you know? Um, and Jupiter is kind of like that as a planet too. It's the planet of joy and it's the planet of good luck. Um, and it likes to be happy and sitting in the sign of Leo, I think makes for someone um, who likes to spread the love. <laughs> it's somewhat like, again, it's a planet of expansion, right? Um, and you'll notice here that there is a sextile to your Venus. So Jupiter and Venus are called benefic planets. That means uh, they're beneficial planets. They're good planets. They're good luck planets. And these two planets really like each other because this one over here is like moral and values. And this is going to be like ethics and justice, beautiful, pleasurable things. And this is like joy and like fun lovingness and good luck. So, and a sextile is an auspicious um, uh, energy. So this is 60 degree angle that's happening here. It's like an action energy. And it's considered a very lucky uh, placement to have in the chart. Like this is good luck right here. So you've probably come across lots of situations in your life where you're just like, whew, wow, I got some really good luck on my side. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and that would be because of this right here. Just an example of that would be the motorcycle accident, you know? Right. That's the first oh. thing that came to my mind. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, and even as 
far back as like giving birth to Meg and I, like, you know, those could have gone very wrong, but you were lucky, you know? And yeah, um, mom and dad could have died in that motorcycle accident. Like, oh my we're, God. we're very lucky. Wow. <laughs> so, oh, um, aneurysm thing too. That was very lucky. The what? Wow. My aneurysm. Oh yeah. Oh that. my God. Oh my yeah. gosh. Holy moly. Yeah. I mean, wow. I, I told you guys about all of these things, but yeah, she's a, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you've got, you've got some good luck in your chart. Like you got probably that guardian did. Angel. Yeah, you probably were a good person in your last life. And then this life, the universe was like, mm, I'm going to help you out. There's <laughs> a little bit of good luck <laughs> to help you along the way. And uh, what's also really nice here is you'll see that Jupiter, uh, it sits in your fifth house too. So the fifth house is the house of creativity, of entertainment, of fun. It's the house of romance, falling in love. It's the house of conception, the first child having Jupiter in the fifth house is also, again, like it's considered like such a fortunate placement um, because it's, it's really good luck in terms of conceiving um, because again, it's the planet of good luck and expansion and having it in the fifth house also makes for someone who's like really creative, like someone who really like has a passion for learning artistic things, for learning creative stuff um, and being able to, to hone that and be good at it. And because Venus is also a planet of, you know, like loving arts and beauty and aesthetic and music and things like that, and having this sextile energy here just contributes more to having creative talents. Um, Again, that checks out. Mom, um, she plays the piano. Oh, um, they have the whole wood shop where she makes beautiful wood pieces uh, with dad. They've oh, yeah. done stained glass. They've mom's always I can remember for some reason one of the memories I can remember from my childhood is mom playing around with a spray paint a paint sprayer air spray spray, yeah (laughs) yeah very good at it no um I remember her doing like tropical scenes like there was like some fish and stuff like that that she did and yeah I mean she made not think she was very good at it but that's you know she did it for about two weeks <laughs> that's good though that's good see and what you're describing is trying out uh, like multiple forms of art yeah. and that's something that goes along with Jupiter in the fifth house the expansion the learning I want to try a bunch of different artistic things it's um, so funny that you do woodworking too because for some reason I always associate Torians with woodworking I don't know yeah. why. Like I associate Sagittarians the with earth. leather jackets. Yeah, I think there's something about the earth and home that makes me think carpentry. <laughs> I associate Pisces with tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Tears and hugs <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Giving artsy stuff. Hugs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's such a good placement. This is This is really nice. And you'll also see here, uh, there's a, a trine with your rising and this is really, really good because you're rising again. This is like who you are outwardly. This is like how you project yourself to the world and it's in the sign of Aries and Aries ruled by Mars is also the sign of ambition and drive and wanting to get shit done and having um, an auspicious can never rest. yeah yeah and having um an auspicious placement like this with jupiter 
it makes for a successful person. Like it makes for somebody who is able to have the drive to go out and actually accomplish their goals. And they have the good luck to do that. It also brings really good business luck too. So like if you wanted to um, like pursue something creative or something art wise in your life, you would be successful with that monetarily if that's something that you really wanted because you've got this auspicious energy here, two Mm. bits of auspicious Mm -hmm. energy here. This seems like a good moment to plug their uh, woodworking business. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Since uh, mom retired now, she's working in the shop um, and uh, dad works in the shop all the time, too. They have a fantastic setup. It's like so professional looking. It's amazing. Oh. Uh, they are on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's 40 by 60 woodworks. Is that right? Or woodworking? Yeah. No, 40 by 60 woodworks. Yeah. So 40 X 60 woodworks on both Facebook and Instagram. And you can see some of their awesome stuff that they do and keep up with mom through her uh, retirement journey. She's currently working on planters for the local place there, local nursery. Is that right? Yeah. Again, see, that's also going with her Mars and Aquarius stuff. Like I'm going to make this, this beautiful, helpful thing and, you know, give it to people who need it. I love well, that. Well, giving it, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> making it available. <laughs> right. Well, and you said that you know, if she wanted to to monetize that, that she could, and yeah, that's yeah. what that's their goal. I think is after, mm-hmm. you know, uh, her and dad will retire in a few years because he's younger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. Um, then you know, that's that's what they'll be able to do, uh, not only to fill their time, but you know, give them a little extra support which is awesome. They make beautiful things. Um, We have a cradle. We have a crib that converted into a double sized bed. We have a dresser for my middle son. Oh my God. Um, My daughter got a baby doll high chair and cradle when she was little. And they made her some bat shelves for Christmas because she's my little baby bat now. Oh, I love that. Um, Yeah. So they are. So yes, they do give things to the people that are worthy. They don't just. Yes. Right. (laughs) People that they love, (laughs) of course. But yeah, again, um, it's a good thing that you guys are looking toward monetizing your woodwork, your woodworking, because yeah, you'll guys, you'll have good luck with that. Um, You'll definitely succeed with that. Okay. Next planet here is where is it saturn over here um all right so saturn so down over here we were talking about jupiter being the planet of like learning and expansion uh jupiter is a karmic planet and it helps you to grow as a person it's a planet of personal growth as well and it's a benefic planet so it's kind of like ah i've learned you know, this, I've, I've read this book and I learned something very valuable here and I'm going to apply it in life. And I feel very happy about that. So then you've got Saturn, which immediately follows it. And Saturn is a malefic planet. Mal, as in like the Spanish word, bad, not good. It's a challenging planet. It's the planet of maturity. It's planet of restrictions and hurdles and hard life lessons. It's also a karmic planet. And Jupiter and Saturn work together a lot. Um, They both want you to grow as a person, but they teach you lessons very differently. So while this one's over here is like learning, you know, expansion, travel, reading books, higher education, Saturn up here is going to be like those really hard life lessons that are going to teach you wisdom through experience. 
Um, you are very fortunate <laughs> in that you actually have some very good, uh, you've got a very good Saturn placement here. So your Saturn is in the sign of Sagittarius. Sagittarius is a fire sign, um, but it's not aggressive. It's not like Aries. Aries can be aggressive, but uh, Sagittarius is more like, I want to have fun. I want to go out and travel and see the world. I want to wear leather jackets and be cool. I want people to look at me like I'm cool, but not because I'm trying. <laughs> like yeah. that's the kind of that's the kind of planet uh, that it is. And so it's or not planet sign. So it's a very fun loving sign. So having Saturn in uh, a nice sign like that kind of. Uh, it makes Saturn not as like hardcore, not as like in your life. It's not going to bombard you with lots of bad luck. You also only have one aspect. Um, you'll see right here, this big long one. This is a trine to Uranus. Uranus um, is the planet of change. It's the planet of rebellion, innovation, technology, thinking outside the box, doing things different. And having your Saturn in Sagittarius will usually take you on a journey for your Saturn return. So having Saturn in Sagittarius means that it probably sent you on a trip somewhere, on a journey somewhere that probably changed your mind or taught you some valuable lessons to kind of like change your path in life. And old were you, I'm sorry, how old were you when you moved from Colorado to Montana the first time? First time, twenty mm -hmm. uh, something. <laughs> I don't remember. Was Probably. it your early twenties, mid twenties, late twenties? Mid twenties. Mid twenties. Probably twenty-five. Okay. Do you remember uh, what you were doing in life where you were in your late twenties, early thirties? Yeah, that's when I had Clara. When I was. 29. Uh, interesting because your Saturn also sits in the eighth house and the eighth house is the house of sex. Um, so you've got like conception over here in the fifth house, but the eighth house is the house of sex. Um, it's the house of merging. Um, it's the house of combined assets. So usually look with your partner or somebody. So there might've been something involved with that, but also with this trine over here, it's going to show um, like radical change. Um, so we'd have to look back, we'd have to pull up um, your personal transits for that period in your life, as well as what's called a second progression chart to take a look at what's going on to get those exact lessons. But what I'm gathering from this, there was something that was either like travel, learning, expansion, something related to just like merging and sex, obviously Clara was born. And then also over here with like this radical change, something innovative, something different, um, but of course, a harmonious energy. So whatever lessons Saturn was teaching you at that time in your life, they weren't going to be destructive lessons in your life, which is very fortunate because sometimes Saturn returns can really, really bring lots of destruction to people's lives. It can involve death. It could involve job loss. You know, it can involve, you know, all sorts of like accidents, things. But because yours are these really good auspicious placements, it probably wasn't anything super extreme. Um, probably something that was really gentle and nice. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to think of like the different because they moved a whole bunch throughout 
our lives, my life. And then before me, like I said, mom and dad, they met in Denver. They moved to Montana together. And then by the time I was born, they had moved back to Denver because that's where I was born. Mm. And then Meg was also born there. And then we moved back to Montana for a few years. And then we moved here to Texas. (laughs) So that's a lot of big life changes. And I'm just trying Mm -hmm. to figure out like maybe, you know, some of those might line up with her Saturn return time periods. Because those come at like 30 and at like... 60 or 80 or I don't know there's like four right it comes like it's every it's because it also depends on um retrogrades too so it's like late 20s early 30s late 50s early 60s like late 80s early 90s um but that period in human life um between the late 20s and like mid 30s there's actually a lot that goes on in terms of like your life path so first you have your Saturn return, which is like, I'm going to take what you're doing in life and I'm going to point you in a different direction. And the direction that you go, that's going to take you to like your destined path. And immediate, and right after your Saturn return is when you have the crossing of the nodes. Um, so just so Penny knows, uh, our audience probably already knows this. So the nodes are these right here. These are the lunar nodes. These are your life path. These are your destiny. This, this is like what you should be doing in life, um, in this life. And the crossing of the nodes is when the no, the lunar nodes in the sky make a big like square. They make an X, like an X marks the spot with the nodes in your birth chart. And that happens at the age of 33. So you've got your Saturn return that's pointing you in a different direction. And then at 33, you have the crossing of your nodes, which is the discovery of the life path that you're supposed to be on. And then you'll have... Um, Uh, a Jupiter return, like a Jupiter conjunction that happens after that. Usually, I think it's like the age of like 34-ish, 35, like around there. And a conjunction of Jupiter is growth and expansion and good luck. It's really good, beautiful energy. So the idea is like Saturn's pointing you in the right direction. You walk that direction. The nodes put you on the right path. You walk that path. And now Jupiter is helping you grow and expand and become you know, it's giving you all that good luck that you need while you walk that path in life. Um, so I'm not entirely sure like what dates, you know, you guys were moving around and having your kids and stuff like that, but all of that would have been going on during that period where you're navigating where you're supposed to be in life and what you're supposed to be doing and allowing that life to grow and flourish too. Okay, and then... Uh, oh yeah, next up is uh, Uranus over here. So your Uranus, uh, again, that's the planet of innovation, change. It's also a very exciting planet. It's very adventurous. It's very fun-loving. It's a planet that likes to take risks because it wants to have a good time. So it can also somewhat be a little chaotic. It can at times be eccentric. Um, And yours sits in Cancer, but it's also right on the cusp with Leo. Um, And I don't actually have those placements memorized. We can look those up uh, in a little bit. But I wanted to point out that yours sits in the fourth house. So the fourth house is the house of family. It's the house of the home. It's the house of the home that you grew up in but it's also the house of the home that you make in the future, like for yourself and for your own family. Um, It's also the house of like your ancestors and your roots. It's the house of 
literal roots that you plant into the ground and farming and agriculture. And lastly, it's also the house of the home that is you, your body, your inner foundation as a person. What I tell people is if the home is where the heart is and your heart is inside of you, then this, your body, who you are, that's your home. It's not your temple, it's your castle. And that's what the fourth house is. So it's like you start off growing up in those worlds in your parents' house and you're just like, oh, what the fuck? And then you figure out who you are as a person and set your own foundation. And then you build the home for your family in the future. That's kind of like the concept of the fourth house here. So usually with Uranus in the fourth house, this presents challenges in childhood in the home. There uh, may have been some chaotic energy in the household when you were a child. Um, there may have been- She has like three or four. Three brothers, four brothers, three brothers, three brothers, and uh-huh. a sister. And she had an older sister too. Oh wow! Okay, so lots of <laughs> lots of kids going on there. That can definitely sometimes <laughs> be some chaotic energy in a household. Um, I I also don't want to go into too many details, also because this is like a public thing, and I don't want to like make you feel uncomfortable, like having to share like childhood traumas or stuff like that. But this can create challenging experiences in the home during childhood. You'll also see that there is this line right here with your moon. Um, So this is a square and this is a challenging energy. So this kind of associates emotional challenges growing up in the home or uh, the home creating emotional challenges in, in childhood. So some people may look at that and they think like, oh, that's such a bad placement. There are, you know, all these emotional challenges here. There's chaotic energy in the household as a child. But Uranus, again, like I was saying, is a planet of change and innovation and rebellion and wanting to do things differently. So it's not always a bad placement, even though it may start that way in life. This can also indicate that as you got older and you, you know, having the level-headed emotional self and having the level-headed, you know, loving self uh, over here, you were someone who was able to kind of look at your childhood home and be like, that's not what I want. You know, I'm someone who's going to be emotionally rational and I'm going to be rational with my heart and I'm going to create a different home. I'm going to try something completely different than what, you know, like the home that I grew up in. I'm going to be a different parent. I'm going to have a completely different home that I want to raise my children in, not the home that I grew up in. Um, And you'll also see here that there's a square with uh, your ASC over here. Um, So this could potentially create, um, let me see, how do I say this? Let me think about my words here for a minute. There might be a battle with, we were talking about aggression and stuff earlier. You're not an aggressive person, right? Um, But everyone has something that triggers them that gets under their skin, every single person, right? So this could also present in here um, a battle with the self in the home to not let things get under your skin. (laughs) There's a want, there's a need to go in the house, but because of your moon and your Venus placement, you go, that's not rational. It's not a a person who responds to anger 
or excuse me, a person who reacts to anger instead of responding to it is not a rational person. Because remember, your Venus is in Gemini over here and your moon is in Libra. This is going to be a person who has to like take the time to stop and think about it <laughs> um, and respond to it in an appropriate manner versus react to it, right? So you're very fortunate that you have these two emotional placements over here, because if not, this square with Uranus and your rising sign could, you know, potentially create problems in the home. It could be someone who goes, oh, you know, oh, over things in the house. This isn't clean. This isn't getting done. These kids aren't obeying me, you know, like all sorts of stuff like that. That checks out. <laughs> you know, but um, and I mean, and every parent obviously like has challenges like that. But, you know, as we know, some parents don't keep that in check. Some parents, you know, are very aggressive. I grew up in a super aggressive household. My parents definitely did not keep their anger in check. But what I see here is someone who, uh, who may have moments of like anger and frustration at what's going on in the home, but because of those emotional balancing parts of your chart, you're able to rationalize in your head and like really tone that down. And again, your goal in life is to create a different environment than the one that you grew up in. So having these two placements really helps uh, to, to balance that out. And again, you also have this trine with your Saturn in the eighth house. Um, and Saturn also shares the eighth house with your North node, which again is your destiny, it's your life path. And with this trine, it's connecting your nodal path and your eighth node to the fourth house. So there's going to be something related to your path in life, your destiny in life, and having to revolve around the home. Maybe it was your daughters, you know, maybe it was, it was having your kids taking that journey to land where you needed to land in life to be able to build the home that you needed to uh, for your kids, you know. I'd have to like really look deeply <laughs> into your chart to like really get like the specific answers to that. But at a glance, like that's something that I would see. Okay, so uh, next up is Neptune. So your Neptune here uh, is, you'll see it's really super close to your moon over here. This is called a conjunction. A conjunction is when planets are like lining up close to like zero degrees with each other. So that's a really, really lovely placement. Having Neptune conjunct Jupiter, um, it makes for someone, again, very creative, very artistic. Uh, it's no surprise that you learn piano because Neptune is the planet of, um, it's the planet of imagination. It's the planet of fantasy. It's the planet of spirituality. It's the planet of rhythm. <laughs> it's the planet of like, uh, like, like dance and things like that. Um, it's the planet of, uh, of anything that's like a visual expression or visual art too. So like over here, you'll have a Venus as like a planet of just like art and aesthetic in general. And that could be sculpture. That could be, that could be dance. Uh, that could be, you know, writing a book. Um, whereas Neptune, because it's the planet of rhythm, that would be art expression through things that are rhythm, like songwriting, um, dancing, poetry, but because it's also the planet of a vision and fantasy, it's the expression of art through like photography and um, uh, cinematography and filmmaking and stuff like that too. So having it conjunct your moon, I think really makes for a very imaginative, creative person who can like look into like their fantasies and like create something like really like beautiful with that. Um, hmm. 
it is also having it conjunct the moon makes for a very like spiritual person too um, because it is the planet of spirituality and dreaming things like that so it's someone who has some psychic abilities some psychic connections uh, there might be some dream abilities there you might be more intuitive than other people so you could like walk into a room and you could like fill other people's energies and be like mm, I don't really know about that person over there. Something about them rubs me the wrong way. But that person over there, I'm very drawn to them. I really like that person. And you're going to go over to that person instead and create a boundary with that other person. You're going to have more of that intuition um, than a lot of other people. Um, the moon also, I because the moon is the emotional self, if you're ever feeling sad or down or like just like emotionally not like in a good place, one of the best things to do is to turn to your lunar placement or your Venus placement or both, because this is going to be like your pleasurable stuff down here, Venus, right? The stuff that brings you like happiness and, you know, joy, entertainment, and the moon is going to be like emotionally nourishing kind of stuff. So having your uh, moon conjunct Neptune is also like turning to spirituality and turning to art as emotionally nourishing things for you. You'll notice that they both also sit in the seventh house and your part of fortune is in the seventh house. And the seventh house is the house of relationships and partnerships. Um, and it's your closest, most intimate relationship. So it's gonna be like your best friends. It's gonna be your marital partner. Um, it's also gonna be business partners. And having the moon and Neptune in the seventh house just really makes for a beautiful marriage. It really does. Um, a very like emotionally connected marriage, a marriage where the two people can actually like bond on more intuitive and spiritual levels with each other. Like it's not just like having fun and having sex. It's like, oh, I really connect with this person emotionally. Like we connect. That, yeah. that, she knows that's true. Look at her face. Yeah. Like not, we are connected with our, our mind, our body and our spirit, you know, and this circle with the X in it, that's the part of fortune. Um, so the oldest parts in the chart are going to be, you know, like this, obviously the sun, and the moon, you know, like Venus and Mars, the nodes and the part of fortune. These are called like the Arabic parts of the chart. Um, and the part of fortune is basically the gift that the universe has given you in this life. You're either born with it or you receive it later in life. The universe is like, all right, kid, sending it down to earth. Good luck. <laughs> but here's a little gift to take with you. And so having it in the seventh house is like a, such a great marriage placement. It really is. Like it shows like that was your fortune. Like that was the gift that the universe gave you in this life was just like this really like beautiful, like spiritually connected, artistic marriage, <laughs> which we Jim know, Ryan. Is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we know is true because you guys like have such a cute bond together and you make art together, you know, and it's just, I, I love oh, it. No, now he's going to have another thing to hold over your head, mom. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's your gift from the universe. <laughs> he left the room before you said oh that. oh good <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't hear the end of it all day <laughs> so that's really nice i like that placement right there okay last one over here um this is pluto um in your fifth house and your pluto has also got some uh, some good placements too so pluto is considered a malefic planet, just like Saturn, um, just like 
Mars over here. So it's considered bad. Mal. It's a, it's a destructive planet. In fact, it is the planet of destruction. It's the planet of death and destruction. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get scared of Pluto because of that. But I always tell people that you should love Pluto. It's one of my favorite planets because it's not only like literal death and destruction, but it's also the death and destruction of bad habits, of older versions of yourself. Um, it's the planet of transformation and the planet of rebirth. Um, I was going to say, death and destruction doesn't always mean a bad thing. Because if you think about like the fires in um, Australia uh, at the early part of 2020, like those devastated 90% of the country, but now it's growing back and it's new life. And it's, you know, it's, it's giving way to new growth. Mm -hmm. So death and destruction is a natural part of life. And it doesn't necessarily mean the ending of something, but rather Mm -hmm. just like transformation and change exactly that's exactly what it represents it's just like like fertility doesn't always mean babies yes yeah Yeah, exactly and that's kind of what pluto is trying to teach us because it's also the planet of the subconscious it's the planet of the deepest things inside of you because it's the planet of the underworld it's pluto right like it's you know it's the planet of the deepest darkest hades inside of you too it's the planet of you know psychology Um, so like if you're someone who's working on like mental health stuff, you want to look at Chiron up here. Chiron is an asteroid. That's the asteroid of sadness and trauma and baggage and issues. And then Pluto is the planet of psychology and the subconscious and the planet of transformation. Um, so that's another reason why it's a planet of death and destruction. The idea is that you reflect into the deepest parts of yourself and you, kill all the stuff in there that's you know that is causing uh hardship in your life like the traumatic stuff that is causing you to be challenging that is causing all the toxic characteristics that you have and to change them to transform them to get rid of those and rebirth something brand new in yourself um and you're very fortunate in that your pluto has some auspicious energies here um it is in the fifth house And having Pluto in the fifth house is very fertile placement because it's the planet of rebirth. Um, So you have both of these really, really lucky planets here in the fifth house. Again, Jupiter, good luck when having kids, good luck with falling in love. There is a square over here to um, your, your Mercury usually having um, a challenging aspect like this between Mercury and uh, Pluto, it can make for someone who uh, there, there might be a tendency to kind of be a little suspicious, be a little jealous. Um, that's usually what is involved with that. And the, the key to handling those types of feelings when they pop up with a placement like this is to absorb yourself in like research (laughs) and investigation um, because you're combining the mind with like deeper underworlds, like kind of stuff, right? So since Pluto represents things that are deep and Mercury, the mind, like they're very good, like investigation type of uh, like energies. And if you don't keep a square like this in check, it could be that person who was like, um, as an example, since we live, uh, you know, in the social media age, uh, someone with a placement like that might be kind of um, 
suspicious about their boyfriend, right? So then they go online and they start like digging through like his profiles and like the people he's talking to. And then they start digging to those people's profiles and they see like where they work. And then they want to go look at that job and see, you know, who else they're connected to. And like <laughs> they fall down these rabbit holes and they really don't need to, you know, it's just kind of in their mind. If they, I have a feeling you probably would never feel suspicious of your husband looking at this connection over here in like the seventh house. You know, there might be a little bit of jealousy because you love him so much. Like if another woman like comes up and she's like, hey, and you're just like, get away from my husband, <laughs> like, you know, like get out of here. You know, I'm going to go online and research this woman and see what's going on. <laughs> like, who is this lady? Who is this bitch? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> that did happen a couple of years ago here in this ah. Unity. Ah, ah, yeah. See, <laughs> I remember that it was the lady at the civic club yeah. or or some uh, some event, and uh, she was flirting up in the storm with dad. Oh shit! Oh my gosh! And your big like mom with her Torian, you know, horns coming <laughs> yeah. up, and she's like, "Get the fuck away from me? my husband!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but again. Uh, the key to dealing with an energy like this is uh, instead of using all that energy to like dive into like, who is this bitch? Like turn and be like, you know what? I'm going to go read some art books instead. I'm going to get lost for an hour or two down like some rabbit hole about some other topic that I'm really interested in. So, hmm. all right then. Any questions, any comments, anything you find interesting? Um, yeah, you know, some of it, I'm like, no, that's not me. And then some of it is like, oh, that is totally me. Uh, <laughs> you know, for instance, the part I grew up in a household where no emotions were ever shown. Um, there was no type of you just didn't talk about stuff like that. There was no, you, you know, you didn't hug, you didn't tell each other you loved each other or anything so and I grew up very shy I was a very shy child and so both of those are like you know I don't want my kids to feel that way so I've always tried to show them you know hug them tell them we love them that kind of stuff and then you know my husband has helped me get over my shyness tremendously. I mean he's nice He's yeah. totally the opposite, very outgoing. And so because of him, I've, I've learned to not be that way. So, I, you know, that those things I find very interesting. That's awesome. I love hearing that. I love that uh, your husband is someone who has helped you with that transformation. Like we were talking about here with like the Pluto and the transformation through a relationship, seventh house. You're also an Aries rising. And like I was talking about that being, you know, like an extra superpower it's almost as if your husband helped you find that superpower and has helped you to like really like tap into it and hone it and project it a little bit more, right? Right, right. That's I'm awesome. curious as to what parts you felt weren't you because I have found that the parts that I did not feel were me were the parts that I just don't see or acknowledge, um, well, but other people do. I'm, you know, I don't look at myself as being creative. I. I have no rhythm whatsoever. Um, you play the piano. Yeah. And you do a, I mean, I have music. I yeah. Play by ear. Uh, no, no you don't have to play by ear. You still are doing music. Yeah, <laughs> like you're still exactly. playing. Like, yeah. Dance lessons. And it was all I could do to learn not to bleed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah. The, you know but, what? I mean, this also, you should try your hand at poetry. See how you like poetry. Because it's not just dancing or making music. You know, it's it's rhythm in other ways. And like we said, it's also different visual arts too. Maybe pick up a camera, start doing photography. You might end up finding out that you're really good at that and you love it. Yeah, I actually tried that a little bit. <laughs> ah, see? <laughs> that's awesome yeah I mean and you are very artistic I mean you do like I said you do great work in the shop you guys have I mean you've done the the stained glass and I mean uh, yeah you've always been very artistic you may not be the master of the trade but that's not what art is about Mm -mm. right I don't feel like I am because I I don't I'm not I'm not like you you are very creative and artistic because you can look at something and go, oh, I can make something out of that and put it together and it looks really cool. But I'm not, I don't feel that I'm that way. I have to look at something and go, oh, I can copy that. You know, I, that's of- what I do though. I look at pictures um, for reference online and then I interpret that into my own way. You know, like mm-hmm. um, a lot of my doll paints are, are ones that I've seen online. And I was like, oh, that looks really cool. I can do, I can do that. And then I do my style, my version of that, you know, yeah, so, Clara's, so she's always sending us pictures where she's like, I got this artwork or I got this drawing and then I copied it. I did my own. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> you just don't want to acknowledge that you are as awesome as the chart says you are. <laughs> you are very awesome. I see a great chart here. that you all were expecting to hear Jim's reading, but psych. (laughs) (laughs) It ended up being way longer than we were hoping it was going to be. So we're actually going to split that up into two episodes. Claire and I, we happen to be recording today. So (laughs) we're doing, we're redoing this outro. So that was part one. Clara's mom. Stay tuned for part two for my dad. It'll be um mystery man. I don't know. Yeah, a little later in the month. Yeah. Who is Jim? Who is this man? Is he really (laughs) God's gift? (laughs) 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 What about Penny? Is she God's gift to Jim? We'll find out. <laughs> mom, mom said after the after we were done recording, we went out and told Dad that uh, you know they're just they were so lucky to find each other, and he was just like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> you needed that to tell you that. <laughs> She's like, it's proof <laughs> that it was written right. in the stars. Right. Written in the stars. That's like right. that, he has no idea how many people search for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So. Uh, but anyways, yeah. thank you everybody for tuning in. We apologize, but now you're just gonna have to listen for the, the next episode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like There's trap. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for listening to Witchcraft After Hitting the Blunt podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at After Hitting the Blunt and email us your ideas to after hitting dot the blunt at gmail.com. 
Stay high, friends. Thank you.